Yo, you know what band we're listening to right now? I don't. They're called Get Dead. I saw them last week, about a block away from here. A place called Gold Studios, and the show was awesome. And you are listening to the New Flesh Podcast, a podcast about horror movies and all things horror-related. My name is Joe Avella, at Joe Avella on Twitter. My name is Brett Arnold, at Brett Redacted on Twitter. Happy anniversary! Yeah, it's we did Joe, it, buddy. It's Joe and I's one-year anniversary today. According to Facebook. Well, it was one year ago that I think we released the first episode. Yes, yeah, so we've been chugging along for at least an extra... A year and a week or so. Yeah. How long did we prep? Uh, I don't remember. For this or no? The, for the for the first one. Not at all. I don't think. Didn't we just like do it? Well, I had to go see Green Inferno for it. Yeah, that's right. Because I went to a screening of it. I, did you go to a screening of it too? No, I just went and saw it. Like oh, because like it had come out before. Okay. It, it had come out, and uh, it was a terrible movie. You st- yeah. Set the pace. TBT. Remember right that away. movie? <laughs> I enjoyed... I, I remember one of our second or third one was Knock Knock. We had two Eli Roths in a row. Yeah, the second one was The Nightmare. Remember you didn't like it? Oh, The Nightmare sucks. I, thought, I still thought it was very good. It's a terrible movie. And uh, besides... Nothing's being, changed yeah. in a year. <laughs> we still don't agree on anything. It's been... Uh, when was the last time we recorded an episode together. Hmm. I did the Larry Fist... Oh, God, I forgot how to pronounce it again. Even I though he told Fassenden. me. Fassenden. 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 Yeah. Not any possible way I said it. Yeah. It was wrong. And, and I'm was, glad yeah. I asked. Good. Yeah. That was a great... I love that episode. Yeah. I think he. I think him and the dude Greg was the guy's name? Uh, Glenn. Glenn? I Glenn thought, McQuaid. Thought those guys were uh, great guests. Very insightful. Insightful. Very brilliant. And did you listen to the... Well, the clips were in there from the from mm-hmm. their show. But like I've been listening to the Tales from Beyond the Pale episodes. And Good. It's such a cool thing. Really? Yeah. It's like the, the audio drama. I never would have thought that's like something I would enjoy listening to. But mm-hmm. the production values through the roof. So good. Uh, they get such talented writers and performers, and it's like, it's an amazing thing. Everyone should check out Tales from Beyond the Pale. It's a live episode coming up, right? A live episode coming up in New York on October 20th. I forgot to buy tickets. I hope they're still available because I want to Where is it? Is it at the BAM? It's at, it's at uh, Lincoln Center, Film Society. Lincoln oh, Center. cool. I've yeah. been there once. Yeah, I go there. Nice I used to go there a there. lot when I had the movie pass. Ooh. Ooh. Can't talk about shit about the movie pass tonight? Uh, you know what? I got nothing. They're relentless in, in blocking me. I don't know what, what the last update I provided was. But, oh, maybe I'll... So I, I, I tried to get it again mm-hmm. via my girlfriend's address and name, mm-hmm. thinking that they wouldn't they wouldn't catch on. Mm-hmm. But my dumbass mm-hmm. left my credit card information there instead of hers. Mm-hmm. So they sent her a card with her name on it and then immediately emailed and canceled it. Oh. So MoviePass, you win again. They got your number, buddy. Sorry. They got my number. But you know what? I have a way of getting it again. I'm not going to talk about because I don't want to. I don't want it to be canceled. Hear that, e- Easy Pass employees? You know. <laughs> We're yeah, not, Easy Pass. Don't tell them if you pass. Yeah, what's Easy Pass? I don't know. Oh, you know Easy like Pass? Like a fast is? pass, like at Six Flags? No, Easy Pass is uh, the thing you put on your car to drive through the tolls. Oh, yeah, like Easy Pass. <laughs> uh, movie Pass, too. And Easy Pass. I, I'm not allowed to have any passes. <laughs> All passes rescinded. Um, the main thing you want to talk about today is Train from Busan. We haven't seen each other like in two weeks. Yeah, I've Train seen, to Busan, Busan. I don't know how to I've pronounce it, but I've seen things. it. We watched it. A Korean horror film? Yeah. Korean zombie movie. It was it was good. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Who thought that like zombie movies could still be good and yeah. somewhat original and exciting? It was like uh, it's not high concept. I want to say it's like it's a blockbuster style. Had movie. a feeling of yeah. Like, it's just like a big movie. Yeah, and, and it was uh, good. It uh, it tweaked the uh, the zombie um, rules in an interesting way. We'll get into when we talk about it, which I thought I don't think I've seen it before, and also I was like, wow, there's still something new to do with zombies. Yeah, it was a great setting. Uh, the other Korean movie that 
you know, is memorable that involves a train, a Snowpiercer. Yeah. And I thought that would be like obnoxious, but like, oh, another train movie. But, but it's like radically different. Radically different, and they're both worth watching. So we will get into that later on the episode. Hang on. Oh, burps, too much coffee. Before <laughs> that, we're going to talk about what did we watch. I saw so much stuff, including I finally saw Don't Breathe. Ooh. And Dead Set, which has been recommended to us by a few uh, listeners. So I will give you my hot take on Don't Breathe and Dead Set, among other like uh, decent things I've seen. Uh, I don't think I watched much. No? I've been preparing uh, for another interview for the show. Uh, we're talking to Joe Berlinger next week. So that's going to happen, huh? So apparently it's happening, and I've been watching a lot of his docs. So you did watch some kind of monster? I did, and I watched Paradise Lost, uh, the first one. I'm about to watch the second two uh, this week in prep. I, I, when I when I reached out to him, I kind of focused it around, hey, man, I want to talk Book of Shadows. And he was like kind of skittish about it. Yeah. It seemed like, hey, man, he pointed me to a YouTube video. He was like, I've said all I have to say about it. Yeah, the Look director's here. commentary. Yeah, well, that. And also there's some like someone took that director's commentary and distilled it into like a 20-minute YouTube clip that explains the studio stuff. So it seems like yeah. he might not be thrilled to talk about that too much. But I mean, he, he signed up for it and said he would do it. But now that I've seen all these docs, like there's so much to talk about with him. He's such an interesting guy who's... Paradise Lost is like that 1996 documentary about the West Memphis Three. He's single-handedly responsible for saving those kids from death row. Yes, 100%. Like if he just didn't and, feel like doing it or like pushing it, those kids would be dead by and now. And just like the unprecedented access he had to those cases, like HBO and him. He made it with yeah. HBO Docs, and for some reason they had access to the, to the courtroom and everybody. So I had to have questions about that um, and how that led to him making Book of Shadows eventually because his career is, is interesting to me because – he had that documentary, which referenced Book of Shadows, which is the name of Blair Witch. He had that mm-hmm. documentary, which featured Metallica music, and then he went on to make the Metallica documentary. So I want to just pick the dude's brain. I hope he's a hope he's a trooper. I bet. It, hmm. And I'm a trooper. Yeah. I better be happy to talk about his documentary film work as long as you kind of frame it like talking about what he wants to talk about. Yeah. And I totally. I mean, I totally get why he would be skittish about talking about Book of Shadows. Yeah. First it was of all, a horrible experience for him. Yeah. First of all. There's a new Blair Witch out that's not doing well, so I'm sure people are coming at him being like, yo, dude, you wanted to come on our thing and trash this movie you had nothing to do with, which I'm sure he doesn't want to. But at yeah. the same he time... He said he would talk about that from a business standpoint, and that I'm he wouldn't sure, shit talk And about. I'm sure he's also thinking like, after all these years, finally someone else has taken the heat for making a bad Blair Witch movie, because this is the only other one. Did you listen to the whole Facendant podcast? Because I, by the time I got to the end... I think I like mm, peeled out of like last seven minutes. Wow. Uh, I, that's when it happened. But what? like, it, it came up naturally mm-hmm. B- Blair Witch and I talked about how the original is like lightning in a bottle and so good oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, yeah, I remember and then that, I yeah. kind of shit talked the new one without realizing oh yeah he worked you know Adam Wingard's buddy and I felt like an asshole because I oh, like I shit talked the movie yeah. yeah and uh, he immediately pointed out how the how the marketing was cool this time he's like yeah the woods thing and the, and the bait and switch I was like yeah, yeah it was really that, cool yeah. but it didn't work it failed the movie bombed and he kind of it was silent and I was like yeah. oh shit I oh, keep moving buddy on for. Yeah. yeah it was a mistake you know what? Also, though, I would—I don't think he just was silent because uh, no. it's Buddy. Why? He hasn't a, seen it either. But also, as a guy who's been busting his ass in this industry and has always been at the indie level and know how hard it is to make something well and something good, yeah. I'm sure he's just like, I'm not going to shit talk because he gets how hard it is. But I liked his conver- the conversation towards the last 20 minutes or 25 minutes when he talks about making the Orphanage remake yeah. and how he talked about the superherofication of horror. That's very in- so interesting. That's a very intelligent insight. Yeah. And I want to say that we should talk like major motion pictures here because I still feel like I am not connected to that at all. Yeah. But when I see people trying to do any sort of like comedy show, sketch show, independent film, short film, like regardless if I like it or not, I'm just, I'm not like, don't want to be like, 
openly talking shit. Just the yeah. fact, like, I know how hard that is, and, like, just hearing the criticism is, like, very discouraging. Yeah, I need to cool it. Like, I got no problem laying into, like, a fucking Lionsgate film, because, like, fuck you guys. Yeah. That, was a, that, was, that was several millions dollars that you fucking blew. But I, I would never, like, put a... Uh, like some local, you know, filmmaker on blast for his boring short film. I, mean, I could hate it, but I'm yeah, not gonna be. Like, you're not gonna talk about it. Yeah, because I, I, I thought, get it. It's I hard. Blair Witch was fair game when we were talking because we were talking about how like studio horror sucks, and then yeah, I forgot to make the connection between you know he was in Your Next, he was in other shit. They worked on VHS together. Wait, who is in Your Next? He's the guy who gets killed in the very beginning, I think. Right? For some, oh, is that him? Yeah, I didn't realize that. I think so. I don't know. I'm like 90% sure that's I'll have to go back a, and watch it. Excellent film. I would love to rewatch that movie. Speaking of your next, we're going to bring up uh, Joe Swanberg's Easy Netflix series I watched. Yo, it's great. I haven't watched it yet. It's great. We'll get into it, but it's great. I watched this show called Fleabag on Amazon. What is that? We're not there. Why don't you give us a tease it? Oh, it's great. It's this show starring a British woman. It's like a, I guess it's a, it used to be a one woman show in mm-hmm. Britain that she turned into a six episode TV series. Yeah. Very crass, vulgar humor. Like the first joke is about her getting fucked in the ass how much she can't it wait. was just it's great and then it ends up being really sweet it watched all six episodes in one sitting it's great all right and with that we got to get into the news you ready to get in the news there's so much news we I feel so like. much it's, it's october baby. A long one it's october uh so uh, uh i guess i'll do a theme <laughs> here let me think here like Bits and pieces. That's original, right? That's uh, yeah. I thought you were gonna go into like a nineteen, yeah, bits right, and like, a, like a nineteen fifties croon. Uh, well, the biggest news I think possibly of the year is, um, turns out the secret is real, and I harnessed it <laughs> to will a TV show into existence. Brett. Oh yeah, what happened? Fans I- of the show know that every time we bring up the Blumhouse and the Purge. On this show, there was a Purge movie election year came out this year. Anarchy came out two years ago. Is every other year we get a Purge movie? I think it's every year. I think it's just been Purge, Purge, Anarchy, and Purge election year. And every time a Purge movie comes out, everyone says the same thing. Man, they're not even doing this premise justice. Which I would exclaim, why isn't there a Purge TV show? So starting, I don't know, earlier this year, I started demanding everyone start tweeting, start hashtagging purge TV show. We need a purge TV show. There has to be a purge TV show. And I even said, let's pretend like it exists. And I bet we can will it. I think we pitched ideas. Yeah. I bet we could will it. Like a 24 hour style, 24 24 style series. And like I bet we could will it to existence into existence. Well, yeah. Lo and behold, they're making a purge TV show. Yeah. We fucking did it. Do we know any deets? Ask the universe and you get it back. No, I don't need details. They just announced it. (laughs) I don't know. No, the detail is I willed it and it exists. That's a good detail. <laughs> I am um, I am so happy that it's happening. I think finally they're going to make this show. Oh, some fucking asshole cinema blend. Why the person is on TV show? Yeah, dog. We already got that. Let's <laughs> go to cinema blend right now. But the fact that like they're finally understanding that you can't just do this thing following a, a group of people walking around. It's like if they try to make The Walking Dead a movie. Yeah. Whether or not you like The Walking Dead or not, it's like this, this is not a thing that can exist in an hour and a half. Right. Or several movies. So, um... The, the creator says um, that... He says, not an anthology, mm-hmm. I guess kind of an anthology, more of an interwoven anthology. They came to me about a TV show. My idea, my idea is that you do six or seven storylines, and I would kind of intercut them using flashbacks. Great. That's okay. I think my 24 idea, style idea, like 12 hours, 12 episodes in he real says, time was, a, was the best a, idea. He says a 10-hour thing. He said the idea of why I like the idea of a 10-hour TV thing 
the one thing you really can't do in film just because of real estate and time is you can't get into nuance and complexity that would drive someone to commit a terrible act on that night. Mm-hmm. Whether it's revenge or an act of passion, but what might be interesting in a TV show is with a flashback narrative, you start on Purge Night and you go back to show how each person has gotten to where they are. It's a good idea. Yeah, where you see a couple that's gone haywire, but let's show everything that's led up to this moment of a husband trying to kill his wife, the cheating or the accusation of cheating or money problems. It will be interesting to show those arcs, those dramatic and complex arcs that get people where they to where they pick up a knife and kill someone. I think that's something cool that we can do in like 10 hours. Potentially. Potentially. Yeah, I got that quote up too. <laughs> Excellent. I think that's great news. I think it make a much better TV show than it will. Where uh, would something like that live? Like what channel do you see it on? I see like an FX, FX. series. Yeah, I right? bet like probably... Because uh, that... Mm. I bet they'll make Evil Dead, Ash vs. the Evil Dead. It's, uh, it's lead-in. What's on after Ash vs. Evil Dead now? That's stars, buddy. Oh. Why did <laughs> I think it was FX? I don't know. It's hey, too... maybe, maybe they'll go to Stars. I mean, Stars is killing it with Ash versus the Evil Dead. Yeah. The, speaking of which, they just renewed it for season three. Hell yeah! Just can't another wait. bit and piece. We watched here. the first pilot. We'll talk about it. What you watched? It's great. Yeah, the, 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 first first episode, episode the first episode of season. season. Sorry, S2. I can't talk. It's been a long morning. Yeah, Joe. What's going on with you, man? Oh, nothing. Nothing. I just had a meeting with a buddy, and we got coffee, and I was talking a lot. So I'm kind of like just You're got, all talked out. You know, you should have brought a mic till breakfast. Just got back here just in time to do this and I'm all like my, my head's not in the game yet, but I'll get there. I'll get there. I'll get there. <laughs> ED. Okay. So, uh I don't know when it's going to where it's going to be, where it's going to live. I think it's a great idea. Is there any other shows that Blumhouse does? Um don't they do that show Elevator? What? Um I what think there's that? a show on Sci-Fi called Elevator that's like a reality like remember that show? I think Shannon Doherty may have hosted it for a while. It was called like Scare, scare tactics, tactics or something? Yeah, where they just show. like scare the shit out of people. It's like a prank show, but it's all revolved around like a horror, horror prank movie show. scenarios. Yeah. So I'm that was a good. Sh- that was a good idea for a show. That's some good ones in there. Yeah. Um. So I think that they have a show called Elevator, um, on that same network now. That is, uh, I believe, produced. Yeah, it's a horror game show produced by Jason Blum. Mm-hmm. Um. Let me see if I can find anything about it. So. In which a team of three contestants rides a haunted elevator through an abandoned slaughterhouse. Jesus. And I don't know what they do. Each episode centers around a legend whose central figure committed horrific deeds, generally torture. The challenges in each episode are based on that legend. So there's just like a, it's like a reality, it's like a fear factor sort of thing with specifically horror. I've never seen it. It's been on for two seasons and it's still going on. You think it's like that? Oh, it's on the game show network. It's like like that movie Devil. Remember that? Oh, Shaman Elevator movie? Yeah. Uh, okay movie yeah it's the he old lady produced it I think the old lady's the devil you don't think he directed that one the old lady's the devil skip it <laughs> fuck you man look at the poster see people in there it's the old lady um <laughs> she dies at the very beginning so you think it's not her it's her <laughs> um devil, and that show is it. presented by the Saska sisters who are the ones making the Cronenberg remake of Rabid now. oh yeah they're producing it they're producing okay. they're producing the show and they, they host it also interesting so this show is on the game show network I thought it was on sci-fi excuse me but uh, oh, if anyone's seen Elevator, let us know if it's worth our time because I did love Scare Tactics. Yeah, there was one where this woman, like, woman had to babysit like like what thought was like an almost comatose elderly man or person, I think. It's like House of the Devil shit. Yeah, just kind of like being like, the, the, the husband and wife are there, be like, oh yeah, there he is. 
doesn't really sleep. Just make sure you don't have to need anything coming get her. He's like, she go, yeah, you bet. And then they leave. And then like the, the old person, maybe it wasn't an old person. Maybe it was like a, a little girl, whoever it was in bed, like wakes up and says, the person like, please help me. Let me chain, like pulls her blankets off and her legs are like chained to the bed and made it look like they're keeping her hostage there and like keeping her doped up and please help her. And then the, the couple who left keeps like coming back. Quince and be like, Oh, Hey, we forgot a thing. Hey, what's going on? And being like, you have to call. You have to call. And like the scaring this woman to be like, you need to help me get out of here. She's like trying to call and like, and then the uh, the couple comes back and they're like chasing her around the house. I'm like, this is fucking insane. Yeah, so that scare tactics was on Sci-Fi from 2003 to 2000. Oh, apparently maybe still still around. But I feel like they switched. Shannon Doherty's no longer doing it. Yeah, Tracy Morgan hosted it nope. from 2008 to 2013. And apparently there's a network, a TV network called Chiller that did it for a year that I don't know. I don't I don't recall the that Chiller being Station. a thing anymore. I don't know what that is. It's Chiller. It's a it's, in a, it's a YouTube channel. <laughs> Scare Tactics. Stephen Baldwin also hosted it. For yeah, that, that shit's just floundering. Um, I would watch that if they still did it. So, in other news, besides me willing... The, not only did I will into the universe a Perch TV show, but also thanks to the strength of uh, our Lloyd Kaufman interview, uh, as we speak, Wheelchair Werewolf is now being redistributed on the Trauma Life or Trauma Universe YouTube page? I forget which one. Trauma. Yeah, Trauma something. They got a few other YouTube films or Trauma But they're putting it out. It's doing pretty well on Twitter. I think they did one on Friday. I don't know. I haven't checked, but they're at Comic-Con right now. I wonder if they plugged it at Comic-Con. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. If they do or they don't, I mean, it's all all gravy for me, baby. But I feel just very happy that uh, the response to the trailer online was uh, very satisfying. And I'm just glad that this thing that I worked so hard on years ago actually found a home with people yeah, who eventually watch it's it. Because, trauma. And it's something that like is very trauma-esque that when I made it, nobody watched it. It just put on my YouTube page. Nobody really shared it. And it just was like, oh, I kind of feel bad that that was a, a, a misfire felt like. Well, but now it's like, this is a perfect... It played to acclaim at the Music Box of Horrors. Yeah, festival. but that was the original trailer. That was the original standalone trailer I made in 2009. Before the series happened. Yeah, the series, I redid everything. I redid the trailer and it, that made a series. So the, the, the one you just put on trauma is the remade Correct. Version. Yeah, it's like the Evil Dead 2 of it. Wow. Yeah. So I'm just happy that uh, they said yes and it's out there and I can have feather in my cap of uh, being in the trauma universe. You're a regular Sam Raimi. Thank you. So I'm very happy about that. Speaking of being happy about things that are happening, trailer, just saw it earlier today. New Black Mirror season three coming to Netflix. I've never watched it. Wow, really? Yeah. You'll love it. Is it? It's I th- on Netflix. You'll love I it. I thought at first, isn't it like, is it a British thing? Yes. Is it originally something else, or did Netflix make it? It was originally something else, and Netflix just picked just it up. Just picked it up. Yeah. I don't think it ever had a home. I think it was a standalone series. I think Charlie Booker's the guy who did it. I think he did a three-episode season. That was, I think each episode might be an hour and a half. It might be like three minutes. And where movies. did those premiere? Like, it, it was a thing when it first came out. I should probably have this information in front of me. I didn't know I was going to be so fucking drilled with the fucking information. My cohort, a co-host. <laughs> I'm like, curious, uh, because I remember it being a thing. I thought it was like some BBC version of like Twilight Zone. Which yes, it seems like it is sort of. But then I now I see Netflix touting it like it's a new thing. I'm like, so do well, they, they're doing one the of those things three. where they like picked it up and yeah, like, now they do it. Um, where was I? Don't remember what was in the first time it came out. It was one of those things where you couldn't get it in America. So Channel Four, yeah, was the, had British it 2011. Channel. So they did it for the first uh, two seasons. And so this is the first Netflix original version. Yeah, this is the first Netflix original series. Huh. Each series has been uh, up until now has been three episodes a series. Uh, there was a special. Now, according to Wikipedia, season three will have six episodes, 
and a, and it comes out either all or some on the 21st of October this month. Beautiful. All, yeah. And then uh, they're already slated for 2017 season four, mm. also six episodes. So I should just watch it immediately. It is. I think I watched. Wait, I think I watched like the first one. Something to do with like an like an eye. Nope. Okay, I don't know. Uh, it was like a contact lens that like records. Oh, that's one of them. Right, I've seen that. No, the the the, the seed that's implanted in the back of your ear. Yeah, maybe that sounds. Where basically right. they can everything you've seen here is recorded and you yes. can play it back. Yes, that was one from the first season. Yes, it's I did called, see that. That's being developed into a movie that Robert Downey Jr. is somehow attached to. Or at least really? was when he first did it. Yeah, that uh, also was like a the green kind of a bit me. in a, one of the VHS movies. I feel like. That's just kind of the conceit was that he had a camera in his eye, I think. Yeah, this thing is what it does is it implants a computer the size of a grain of uh, uh, rice, it said, in the back of your ear. And then everything you take in, is that's like the computer that's like taking all your senses. Hmm. So it wasn't like anything's implanted in your head. Or, or, I remember that being like, okay. I, I wasn't wrapped with it to keep mm-hmm. watching. and But everyone loves this shit. But it, well, it, like the Twilight Zone, like every episode is a different right. sort of so, like pace and right. tone. So there's definitely ones you can pick and choose and like. But they all meditate on the same... Uh, concept of the horrors of technology in our not too distant oh, future. Oh, it's all technology. It's all based. it's all based oh. around, but not just technology in the sense of like what uh, computers can do. It's more like the horrors that humankind, or basically the worst parts of human nature, due to technology and its fault and theory. Like the first episode, and what I'm about to explain to you is like very dramatic. There's no humor to this first episode, but it's amazing. Uh, the prime minister of England wakes up to find out that the that the, the princess has been kidnapped. And there's a video that's like, we're going to kill her in 24 hours. Like a Mario game? No, like the, whatever the princess of uh, England, right? Sure. Or like Princess Di or whatever the yeah, person that is. Yeah, that is a person. And the, the kidnapper is like, I'm going to kill her in 24 hours unless the prime minister fucks a pig on national television live. Are you serious? And the prime minister's like, give me a fucking break. Let's go find this guy. And they're like, no, you don't understand. This has been on YouTube and it's already been watched 20 million times. And it's like the whole world has seen this. It's like waiting for this guy to fuck a pig. And it's 24 hours like down to the last minute of them trying to find where she is and get it. And then people are like meditating and be like, well, if it'll save her life, just fuck her pig on national television. <laughs> and then all like the major like BBC News Network is being like, you need to televise this uh, on your channels and do it. And it's this thing like we're not going to do it. And then people like it's like a discussion leading up like this 24 hour sort of thing of like, are you going to do it or not? And like all these puns being like, you have to, or you can't, or is it decent or it isn't. And it's just like, it's like fucking insane. That sounds less crazy than this year's election. Now think, no, but think, but like, think about this whole, the whole idea of like how like, like virility or, or viral video or viral, like can almost like hold people hostage. Yeah. And like may, people can do cra- have to do crazy things because of like, because of like, public opinion or whatever yeah it's it's fucking you watch it this is fucking crazy it kind of reminded me of that movie nerve which i recommended on here which is that movie with oh, yeah emma roberts and little franco dave franco which i said probably on the podcast is a great movie despite its third act which kind of sucks it's, mm-hmm. i think it's still worth watching and you should rent it i think it's on vod now mm-hmm. um but that movie's basically like a truth or dare system that's like a viral thing online mm-hmm. so like people go viral with their dares and then it becomes it escalates yes, yes, and yes, all yes, that yes. shit so yeah I'm, I'm interested in all these tech tech based horror stuff and I loved Unfriended if you ever watched that yeah that was a great movie so too. the last one so series 2 like oh you're speaking like a British person uh, series, series 2 season 2 <laughs> series 2 there's one in there that like is the closest to like a horror movie it's called White Bear where this woman wakes up, she's in a house, she has no idea, it's total amnesia. Don't ruin it, but tell I don't know, I'll just, I'll just give you the premise. She wakes up in a, in a room, like in a house, no idea how she got there, what's going on. She steps outside, she's just walking around, total amnesia, doesn't even know who she is. 
And the second she walks the set, everyone who sees her stops and starts filming her with their phone or their device. And when she's talking, like, what, what the fuck's going on? What is this? No one says anything. This won't stop filming her. Except there's this group of, like, masked, like, almost like a masked lynch mob trying to kill her. And they just chase after her. She's just running through. This sounds awesome. Running through, like the suburbs of London, where every like she's like screaming for help. No one will help her, but won't stop filming her. Except for those five or six people, almost like like your next style masks. They're just trying to seemingly doing anything to kill her, and she has no idea why. I'm in. It's fucking awesome. I'm gonna go watch that when I go get watch out. Black Mirror. You'll love it. Wow. Cool. Uh, ooh. So you mentioned VHS a moment ago. I did. Apparently, there is a poster that just came out for Siren. The VHS spinoff. Oh yeah, the the one about the chick in the hotel the first, room. The first one. Oh, it's gonna be a Chiller Films. Oh, nice. Wait mm-hmm. a second. Not only Chiller Films. Isn't it VOD released like soon, like this uh, week? VHS week? breakout star Hannah Ferdman has returned her amateur night role in Siren, our non-found footage spinoff directed by Greg Bishop, Dance of the Dead, The Other Side, VHS Viral. Oof, take that off. VHS Viral so was a fucking mess. I the, only one, the only one that show, what's his name? The one about the parallel universe thing? Dude, I couldn't. Pretty good. I tried to watch it as a movie. Like I did, I should have just segmented it and watched the shorts. Yeah. But I tried to watch it as a movie three different times so and bad. I couldn't get through it. Yeah, so stupid. The, the, the ice cream truck going around yeah, or whatever? Yeah, I couldn't stand it. Makes it. no sense. It's terrible. Blah, blah, blah. So executive Cruise VHS release. Oh, release in theaters December 2nd and VOD set for December 6th. I think the, on Chiller Films, though, we just talked about the fuck's Chiller. Yeah. Apparently, it's also a. Um, they, got, they got films. Uh, film stars Chase the Williamson. Mark? Don't know who that is. Justin Wellborn. Don't know who that is. Bunch of other people never heard before. So, you think it's going to do. Uh, no man can resist her. All, all men, men should. Ooh. But this this logo right here, the 71, Studio 71, used to be. Where is that? It doesn't say who it is. Studio 71 used to be Collective Digital Studios, which actually, I they. Uh, uh, what do you call it? We're managing my YouTube page for a while. They do a really? lot of different. Well, Collective Digital Studios has a. Uh, well, no, you know, um, you've seen it. The Collective is a film production company. You know, like the the, uh, the logo is like a red circle. It's, yes. Yes. They're, they're now Studio Seventy One. Okay. So I think they just rebranded, and they they do things where they manage YouTube pages, and they also man, have like a film studio. It's one of these things like like they do all things of digital media, like a digital first production company of all things web and film so i'm not surprised that it comes on the theater than vod four days later they strike me as a, a studio that right now is more focused on vod stuff than theatrical release i bet theatrical release is just a um what do you call it like a um it's an afterthought no more like, like qualifying run i keep I, ke- I keep fucking not being able to say this word i've, I've said this before what what the fuck is the word i'm trying to think for a, i don't know like they have to do it almost out of obligation but yeah. don't really want to or- the qualifying run. Well, That's not like what it Oscar is, but... movies do yeah. that. Just like, they're releasing yeah, like... Martin Scorsese's new movie in December 31. Yeah, so doing it, not only does it probably like, make people say like, oh, it was a theater, but we still work in a system where like theatrical run allows you to eventually be part of things later but i'm sure they're like there it was in 100 theaters for a weekend now let's make our money on vod yeah that's just the way it's going to be for a lot of horror movies like necessary to, to do it or whatever yeah but i mean i thought this short was really good i mean it they, was really good they better be making a movie out of the radio silence one the the 1031 is that the, the backyard one. no that's the one where they go to the they go to the halloween party it's the last one on there oh yeah yeah and it's actually like some weird like seance happening and and, and they run out of there and all shit goes crazy the that's best w- that's one. without a doubt the best one of the whole series. Is that is that that's not no the, I I like that one but I think the better one is uh, the one made by what Gareth 
Evans or Edwards, one of those guys. Mm. There's, there's two Gareths. One of them made Godzilla. One of them made the raid. The one that made the raid also made that one where they go to that uh, that like a, cult or whatever, cult and then they re- and they all like you see beyond people kill themselves. Yeah, actually, crazy. I say I'm tired. It's tied for me. Those are both the two. Both best. of those. They're both incredible for different reasons. I want another VHS movie that's like good. I just think like the reason the first VHS was so dope is that I feel like Adam Wingard. It was like he was like had like a purpose with it. Like the movie almost like feels like there's like a mission statement along with this movie that basically say, hey, look, we can make horror anthologies. These are these new up and coming uh, talents. We're going to we're going to swing for the fences and do something wild. No one's ever seen before. And for all of its flaws, I think the first VHS movie is still very good movie or a movie that should be considered. And the second one feels like a bit of a rehashing of the first where Gareth, uh, whichever Gareth was, was the only one who like stepped to the plate. I mean, for God's sakes, yeah. Eduardo Sanchez made one, right? Yeah. And this is terrible. Yeah. Like the zombie with a uh, with a head cam, whatever. It was, it was it was the exact wrong thing you want to see from a zombie thing. Like found the zombie's oh, point of view I, so stupid. I remember this. This is happening. There is another one coming. It's I don't know if it's the same people that VHS did, but it's the same idea of mm-hmm. like a horror anthology. But this one's all about uh, directed by women and written by women. Okay. And it's going to be called XX. And uh, Karen Kusama did one. Oh wow! Who did the invitation? Okay, good. And Annie Clark of Saint Vincent, the this band. Is, this is, is why one. this is going to be good because what you just said because it's all women. So this movie, Jennifer Lynch. I, this movie has something to prove. This kid. is going to be good because it like there's a purpose to it. Yeah. Where VHS two and VHS viral, it was like I know you, the way Wingard's working now. I'm sure this he was just like executive producer equals. Yeah, I don't care. No one oversaw VHS viral. That was just thrown together. And it's and you can tell like the the, the difference in quality. Yeah, the is Sa- the Saska sisters were supposed to do that one too, but left because it's been gestating for so long. But apparently, mm-hmm. it's yeah, Karen Kusama, Annie mm-hmm. Clark, uh, Jennifer Lynch, and Sofia Carrillo. Don't know her. Me neither. And I think it's produced by one of the women who produced Southbound. Oh, great! Which is a fucking great movie that we've talked about. Yeah, we talked about it in a whole episode, and then we actually released a whole episode. We we re-released the same episode when we didn't have an episode. Yeah, so I don't know if this is officially the fifty-two because we've taken some shortcuts in the past year. No, but those ones I didn't count as like numbers, so this Uh is fifty-two. This is number fifty-two. Yeah. Do you want to do any reflection? Take a moment to reflect. Um, I don't know. I think it's evolved in an interesting way. Mm -hmm. I think we're doing more and more interviews, which is like, it's always something that's been on the table, but. Now I'm making time for it and I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I enjoy talking to like the Larry one. Larry and Glenn was like a huge get for me. Like I love oh, yeah. talking to him. Fucking Mark Dumbledine was sitting right fucking there in my fucking Bushwick apartment. Yeah, it's silly. That whole time I was looking at being like, the guy who made fucking crank and crank out voltage is yeah. sitting at my table. And right we went now. to Lloyd Kaufman's HQ. I got to meet Lloyd Kaufman, <laughs> the reason I started making shorts in the first yeah, place. And now they're putting out your movie. So I think it's this insane. Is, it's we do, we've done a lot in the year. This, the returns we've gotten on this have been amazing. Yeah. And I don't it, it's pretty low lift for us. I don't feel like it's taking over my life or anything. Yeah. But I do I don't know. I'm excited for more uh what do you, what, what, interviews. If you could even just like think like Blue sky. A year from now, we're sitting here again. Or yeah. if I'm still living in this apartment, I'm still living. We're sitting. Yeah, if I'm still alive, <laughs> what would you, what would you like to like accomplish in the next year? Like, and even if, forget about if we can even do. It. What if you just look back and be like, hey, we fucking did. I would love if we had a guest every other week. Mm-hmm. So it was like me and you one week, guest next week. Okay, keep doing that. That'd be cool. Um, get maybe like a a live pod. Do a screening somewhere. I would love like that. Host something. That'd be fun. I don't know if anyone would come, but it'd be fun. That'd be cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty happy with it. I I just want to get a better pipeline to talent, maybe because I just all every guest that's come about has been through like Twitter. I know, which is amazing. And every guest we've had so far, I think, has been 
great. Yeah. I can't think of any guests where I felt like uh, woof. Yeah, no, they've uh, all been cool. We certainly have had production issues. Sure. I think with Jeremy Solner and Patrick Bryce's over the phone. Yeah, I just feel like. Well, like we to, did it like pretty. Our, we did it pretty haphazard. Yeah. We'd like to get our tech game a little more on point. Yeah, I would love if we set up a system for like doing Skype calls that wasn't us like holding a mic while we listen to a phone call. Or you, you know, know what? I mean, what if we brought on a producer? That would be well. We have to find someone willing <laughs> to or, do that. Not pay them. I like. Really. To, I like. To, I would like to find maybe a person to at least assist us in the production, both audio and probably some other things. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying like no again, tech glitches in the next year. Yeah, that'd be amazing. I mean, the, this I'm setup buy is like, better wiring. I'm happy to do this, but I just also feel like this this pod would probably go a lot further. People would enjoy it more if it wasn't so like we have hundreds, if not thousand, of listeners. Oh, that's good. Shout out, guys. So, uh, yeah, I all the things you said, I would love to do that. I would like to try. I got to figure out what I'm uh, what I'm doing with projects and stuff because I've been. Um, you know, the weddings in three weeks and then Oh shit, that's we right. We just we just this weekend uh booked our Airbnbs and hotels respectively for our Japan honeymoon for two weeks. So, Joe in Japan. So now Is that a hashtag? Yeah, have so Joe the last, and Mo in Japan. At least the last year, all extra income has been going towards saving for the wedding and the honeymoon. And it's relieving that we're in the home stretch and I'm happy for that. But because of that I have not done I've done very little production outside of what I've been doing for work. And I feel like yeah, but you're killing it. I see your vids all the time. Thank you very much. You did a horror vid. Yeah. This oh week. yeah. Uh, look on my um, Twitter. I think I tweeted it. Yeah, Joe. At Joe Avella. I I uh, took uh, Jason Gracio Gracio and technically your yes. uh, best horror movies streaming on Netflix right now list. Yes. Boil it down to the essential seven. Yeah. Check what was out. your essential seven? Do you remember? Give me like three. Uh, let's see. Uh, definitely Creep, The Host, Night Watch. Um, Invitation, Starry Eyes, Hellraiser, and uh, I forgot what the. Were those all was. on his list yeah. too? Okay. And to be honest, full transparency, I'm not saying the other movies on there are bad and Last don't watch. Shift? Was that one of them? No, it's not on there. Some of, some of them are straight up like don't watch. Like the Babadook's on there. I call it trash. Taking tape, taking of Deborah Logan. Don't buy, boring. The honeymoon. Boring. I liked honeymoon. Children of the Corn. I lay into that because that's like the worst premise of any movie of all time. Like the whole idea is like this town's been overrun by ten year olds. Like, give me a fucking break, dude. You fucking like, like just fucking <laughs> swing my way out of that situation, no problem. It would be harder. Just kick a bunch of kids. It would be harder to mow down a field of corn than it would be to mow down a field of murderous ten year olds. <laughs> Fuck out of here with that premise. Is this a is this from your video? Is no, that I, what I mean saying? I probably rifted in the thing by because <laughs> I say the seven at the end. I I did a whole thing like ones not to watch. And the consensus was, I do agree with this. Like the point of the movie, uh, the point of the the short was to be like, watch these seven. So right. to have, I get to do my seven in the first like minute and a half, and that's and like another rail. minute was just like going, oh, it's bad. And they were like, yeah, we don't need this. I'm like I know we don't, but I just wanted to get it out of there. You're getting unhinged. Yeah, and I love it. Um, so I just want to say the people who watch it, I don't want to imply that the list is bad. I just felt like if you're looking for horror movies to watch on Netflix that are available of that list, seven are great horror films. I didn't get a chance to get into it, but Jaws is on that list. Jaws is an excellent movie. It is not a horror movie, and I will argue to, with anyone about that. What do you? What would you call it? I've heard. I mean, that's an age-old debate. I feel like. Would you consider um, Moby Dick a horror book? I I don't read. So but so if no. but if someone said, "Well, I want to read a scary book," would you go, "Oh, Moby Dick"? No, because what you say, Jaws is just Moby Dick with a shark. Sorta, it's man man conquering nature and therefore conquering his fears. 
there's some scary elements in it. The, the theme has but become iconic. But but can't I then argue that there's plenty of movies where there's like tense, scary moments that aren't horror movies? Would you consider The Dark Knight a horror movie? I guess not. Because isn't no. the Joker sort of like the shark in Jaws? Okay. No, but think about it. Pops up at different times, all about destruction, like yeah. unstoppable... Uh, thing that has to be killed. Everyone tweet at me and Joe if you think Jaws is a horror movie. I say no. I, I, think I say people, Jaws is not a horror movie. I kind of want to defend it. I think it's a shortcut. It. I I think it's a shortcut. It people is a shortcut, but Jaws is not a horror movie. It's an excellent film, not a horror movie. I, the Terminator is not a horror movie. It's not on the list, but it's not a horror movie. But like the whole, I don't know, Jaws. It's like a monster movie. Jaws is like a monster. Like there's like this. Uh, scary theme music comes on when he's approaching that little kid the fucking kid gets murdered in that movie in the beginning alex kittner i would put it i would put it in the same i mean i would almost put it more like i'll argue it's a thriller but i still just say it's like a it's a drama it's a drama it's not about a shark it's about roy scheider it's about that character it's about overcoming his fears it's about man versus nature these themes i mean i just don't think i never thought it was a horror movie interesting that's the mo- maybe the most controversial thing you've ever said on this podcast. I just got a text from Mo. Showtime boys were on my train. What does that mean? Oh, Showtime boys. Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, uh, the guy. Oh, the guys who do the, the the pole dancing. Yeah, I think Mo is the only person in New York City who likes that. She thinks it's great. Oh, really? She barely takes the train because she works like here. <laughs> she so works from home. Yeah. When she does, she doesn't go out of Brooklyn. Really, she goes to yeah. Manhattan every once in a while. I get those when guys. When she sees it, she thinks time. it's amazing because she does pull, so she knows how hard it is. Yeah, but I don't think she takes the train enough for it to be like an inconvenience in her commute. I've, I'm always waiting for those guys to kick someone in the face. Like they're so close sometimes. Yeah, I agree. It's amazing, but yeah, the Showtime guys are like that's their that's their spiel. They open, they come on your train, and they're like, "Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen." She loves, and it. then they put on a show. Tourists clap. Other people just put their headphones in and look away. Oh, so I just want to say the last thing. The, well, first of all, sorry we got off track. On no, the it's list, fine. Look at the list. I'm not saying the other movies are bad. Some are bad, but some I just didn't think were necessary to watch. Yes. And also I did seven because if it was like, oh, these 23, here's the top 12. It's like... Why? Yeah, why? Yeah. So I thought, I paired it down to like my my seven. The, the seven I think are the most important to have seen. Everybody go to Business Insider, entertainment section, find the original article. I'm sure Joe's is also cross-posted to that section. Yeah. I would hope. Um, so, oh, so just for the next year, on top of all the things you said, I want to determine if Jaws is a horror fo- movie. Focus more on getting better guests, yes, more yeah. frequently. Uh, I would love to do, even if we could like start sponsoring screenings, and maybe not so much do a pod there, but even just like, like host it. Like if syndicated, for instance, or. or like we should pro- want to program something. Like. Yeah. Just something where our names on, just like show cool movies that we think people want to see. Yeah. Even if like we live in Brooklyn, for God's sakes, how many horror movies, how many people who make horror movies are here in Brooklyn? Tons of them. Who, who would just be like, look, can we screen it. We'll help you guys set it up. And we just want to like sponsor yeah, why don't we do something with host Larry? It, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like we should show Larry's directorial efforts. Yeah. Pretended by the new flesh. Habit, no telling. And, uh, Beneath yeah. or something. Now the first three: Habit, No Telling, and there's there's one more. I can't think of the name. No, I love that. Yeah. Maybe if I want to do like a Nighthawk, it seems like they'd be down for like a or even like a Fassenden uh, double feature. Yeah. Fassenden. Fat Fassenden. Look, Fassenden. listen to the first minute of that Fassenden, pod to figure out how to pronounce it. Uh, double feature. We can interview him in between. Yeah, like a Q and A that we host with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure he might be interested in that. Like he was, he was such a fucking cool guy. Yeah. It was. Awesome. Uh, and also. I think I want to get into uh, in something between now and next year th- under the new flesh production moniker. I want to produce something, either a short 
probably not a movie because that would take too long and I'm broke. But I would like to try our hands on producing or producing a standalone thing. Even if we produce a, what do you call it, um, a Tales Beyond the Pale Ooh, type radio. I would love to write one of those. I was thinking about it. After Just try and do our own. So fucking cool. You know, try doing our own 30-minute or hour-long one. Just something like that. Just producing producing some sort of standalone content like under the new flesh umbrella I think it'd be fun or even looking for other people I think here we could collab with could Troma help. and do that yeah Troma and the new flesh talk to John film something write something I don't know I there's the possibilities are endless yes so we'll get we'll get into gear but it's been a good year I'm, yeah. I'm I it's exceeded my expectations yeah uh, I honestly going in when we went into it I was like oh man like we're not we're gonna run out of things to talk about so fast and it feels like we haven't even scratched the surface on literally anything yeah well the the looseness of the pod is what mm-hmm. I like that we can just come like literally be a title an episode about the movie we're gonna talk about and we mm-hmm. talk about that movie for like 20 minutes so and I we just bullshit for an hour uh people the feedback I've gotten is people the people who listen are fans and like it and listen mm-hmm. to the whole thing but the casual listeners are always like yeah if it was 30 minutes I listen to it no too bad it's so, not fuck you yeah, well, it's not going to be. Just skip around. It is what it is. Maybe another thing we should do. Maybe well, this requires too much production on our part. What Again, if got? we get a production assistant or something, uh-huh. they can do this. But like time stamping for the listener. This is when we talk about this. This is when we talk about that. This is when we talk about yeah. that. The best podcasts do that. And I just I don't have time. I, I don't I don't listen to these once we're done. Oh really? Do you? Yeah. Every time? Uh, almost all every time, but not almost all the way to the end. Well, like I feel like we record it and then we blast it out. Yeah. And I then, listen to it every whatever the morning that comes out. I was listening on the train. Wow! So I'll, I'll get aren't I an asshole? I'll get at least the first uh, thirty to forty-five minutes of each one. Just making sure it worked and how it sounds. Yeah, that's the thing. I wonder if they. I wonder if there's some out there that just don't work. And no. I, know what so else? I wonder no. if we stop paying for SoundCloud, do these episodes disappear? Is my worry. Know. I have no idea. I'm gonna have to get like a download folder and keep them all somewhere just in case that happens. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, that's a good idea. Cool. All um, right. Any other news? Yeah, uh, I got some. Uh, got? Remember that movie that was uh, the awesome Taika Watiti and Jermaine Clements, uh, What We Do in the Shadows? Yeah. That awesome horror comedy fake documentary. So we already talked about how they're doing a sequel called We're Wolves about the wolf, the werewolves from the movie. Yeah. They're also doing a television series, a six 30-minute six episodes that are going to premiere uh, in New Zealand on New Zealand TV. And mm-hmm. I'm sure they'll make it here somehow called paranormal event response unit and it's a tv series based on the easily manipulatable uh mike and karen the police officers from the movie if you remember mm-hmm. yeah um so that'll be great it's like another mockumentary probably like a fake cops uh, imagine it like a fake cops show with them trying to catch vampires or whatever awesome sounds great that's a great idea yeah i think it's a brilliant idea and anything to get jermaine back on tv because they they're willing. I mean, HBO was willing to do more Flight of the Concords. They just didn't want to. So I'm all for, Good for all them. of that. I like just, you know, doing, was two season show? Two and done, we'll two call it. Two and them. done. Good for them. Great fucking show. Not a bad episode. Yeah. In the lot. And just like the fact that they knew when to, when to walk away. Yeah, now they had a big tour this year and they're kind mm-hmm. of back in a way. Mm-hmm. It's good for them. Good for uh, them. Anyway, more news. Uh, there's another Chucky movie coming. No. Uh, <laughs> so... I assume you didn't see Chucky 6. No, I've only seen 1, 2, and I think 3. So you didn't... Wait, no. You've seen Bride of Chucky. Uh, yeah, okay. I've That's seen that That's 4. Too. And then... Oh, is it? Uh, 5 is Seed. No, nah, I never saw Seed. And then Seed is pretty bad. It's just a comedy more of like a than horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about literally 
their dumb kid named Glenn, I think is his name. Anyway, Don't remember. Uh, Bride of Chucky, I remember loving. Seed wasn't very good. And then they did a straight-to-video one a few years ago called Curse of Chucky that people really liked. Really? And I thought it was why? okay. Um, I don't know why people liked it. It it starred a woman in a wheelchair, like one of those, which is like an increasing trend that I talked with Larry, Larry and Glenn about. But that one, I don't know. It, people liked it, I think, because it brought Chucky back to horror. It used that disability thing to its advantage and made for some really tense scenes. Um, I watched it. I actually remember I watched it in uh, in the art theater that I worked at in Champaign, Illinois. I uh, got a copy on Blu-ray and literally screened it with a friend alone in a theater. So we got to see it in theaters, which most people didn't. And I thought it was a fun, cool movie. But anyway, this one, Don Mancini tweeted about... He's the creator of the franchise. Yeah, huh? uh, he tweeted a picture of Jennifer Tilly with uh glenn the seat of chucky doll and and uh and and jennifer tilly and he said that glenn was standing in for chucky as a double in this shot so it's that it's going to be a new chucky movie that are storyboarding mm-hmm. so that's all he's re- revealed is that like there's production happening on child's play seven can't wait child's play seven I'll, i would love to do a child's play series it seems like you wouldn't no. but i own them all I, I used to like them a lot. Why don't we'll do a thing like a correspondence where every time we'll give you a little part, a little moment in the episode, it'd be like, all right, we're going to check in with uh, our child's play expert, Brett Arnold, and you kind of give us like the Dude, lowdown. those movies are good. Remember in the third one when they... Uh, military school? Military school, and they replaces uh, the, the fake the paintballs with real bullets and has people shooting each other? It's awesome. What paintball gun also shoots bullets? Uh, in the universe of child's play. <laughs> it's fine. Maybe they had blanks. I, I want to get, get to what do we watch. feels like we've been... Oh, hold on. I'm still... Uh, I still have news. Uh, Saw... What is it? Ten? No. Eight? That's got to be more eight. than ten. It's eight. Really? Yeah. There's been... They stopped at seven. Jesus. Seven was called like the final whatever. Um, yeah, they're, yeah, they're basically doing what uh, Friday the 13th did. Every one was going to be the last one for uh, for seven years. Last one. Just kidding. Here's a new last one. Yeah. Well, this one is... It's back. It's called Saw Legacy. No, thanks. It's written by the guys who did Piranha 3D, which I liked. Piranha 3 Double D, which I hated. And Sorority Row, which is pretty bad. Isn't... Th- there's a Piranha Sorority Row? Or just a movie called Sorority Row? Like, what? <laughs> the Sorority Row. Missed that third Piranha, piranha. Sorority Row. Yeah. The Piranhas Out of the water. <laughs> good subtitle. Yeah. Uh, it's directed by the Spirit Brothers, who did Undead, which is pretty good. Uh, Daybreakers, which is underrated and very good, I would say. Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. And Ethan Hawke. Willem Dafoe. Yeah. And Ethan Hawke also did Predestination, this sci-fi movie with them a couple years ago that also didn't really get distributed Mm-hmm. Uh, except for like one theater in New York and then VOD. But that was a good movie. And those guys are directing the Saw movie, which is kind of exciting. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure exciting. they're like visual effects guys who ended up directing stuff. Anyways, if you here's, here's something that if someone wants to try this on a uh, weekend where they really want to like torture themselves. I think all the Saws are on Netflix. At least they were. I own the first like three or four. If you just it. start watching them in order after the third one, four through, I guess, seven. Four, yeah. five, six, and seven. I watched them one afternoon just to be like, oh, I've never seen this before. And like, as I watched them, they made less and less sense. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know well, which, where one ends and the other begins. And they're all 
increasingly confusing and terrible. I'm pretty sure they killed Jigsaw in yeah. like early on, and then they just kind of flashback him into the and rest of And some other dude, the other cop picks it up, and he's doing it for some reason. Oh, yeah, that was really dumb. And they kept doing a thing where like the la- the one you watch takes place during the one from before. Yeah. Like it's all, it was just- They point, were like, trying to do something Oh, my God. It was so bad. I thought, I, I still maintain that there's one late sequel that's pretty good. I think it's six. I don't remember. If what it happens is. in it? I couldn't even tell you. I just remember like the the methodology behind like I'm torturing these people for a reason. There was there was one where like those people all end up being really bad people, and uh-huh. like there's a method to the madness for that one. And I thought that one was at least interesting. But I I mean it was a long time ago. I would I would like to revisit them also. It's another. We have so many series we could potentially do. Ugh. I know not that's doing the daunting. Saw series. Not doing the Saw series. Not doing Saw. Not doing Child's Play. Um, that's a lot of news. Uh, just quick hits. Uh, Chloe Grace Moretz is going to star in the Suspiria remake. Oh, cool. She's been in the Carrie remake. She was mm-hmm. in the Amityville horror remake with Ryan Reynolds back mm-hmm. in the 2003 or four, which I remember liking a lot, mm-hmm. but that, I don't know if it's very good. Mm-mm. Uh, <laughs> she did let me in. So like she's that's becoming, cool. she's becoming a, a little horror person, which is cool. She's a little horror. <laughs> Your cat is like. I know we're having cat my, difficulties my right phone now. Around. We've been, I've been literally picking her up, throwing it off the table, and she when she lands, she turns around and jumps back on it. Yeah, I don't know what her I deal don't is. know what we need to do to get her. So it's just like oh, the other big her. the other big news. Uh, well, happy sixty fourth sixty fourth birthday to Clive Barker. Clive. This week. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's a new Phantasm movie out, which I don't want to talk about because I haven't watched it yet. But Phantasm Ravager, Ravager is on oh, VOD. God, I saw the trailer. It looks so bad. Ew. It looks People so say cheap. Fans, yeah, fans are saying it's like a it's a nice it's a nice ending for fans. But you won't believe how cheap it, it looks. When you see it, you really like, this looks it looks like Sharknado cheap. Ugh. Yeah, it looks really bad. No. And the other big news that I want to talk about, that'll be the end of it, what do you got? is a uh, update on the Halloween franchise <laughs> from Jason Blum. We didn't talk about it, right? No. No. Uh, so before... This franchise is like Michael Myers. Yeah, just Fucking kill it already. We'll, we'll not die. Yeah. So we, we mentioned a month or two ago that uh, Mike Flanagan and Adam Wingard were both on the radar to do the next one. Uh, John Carpenter's producing it again, remember? And he's doing the score again. So, like, people yes. are still excited. Uh, Blumhouse is basically taking it on from Dimension. By the way, don't do yourself a favor and don't look at anything John Carpenter's worked at in the past 25 years. <laughs> Except, hey, his music's all right. It's fine. Dude, your cat's butthole's killing me right now. Does it smell bad? It's bad. Gross. Um, so, Mike Flanagan, who actually directed Ouija 2, which comes out this month, and I maintain looks really good. It, like the argument against it I've heard is like it looks like they're just putting all these horror cliches into a trailer and that's and I'm being fooled by it or something but I think it looks good and I'm gonna see it but Mike Flanagan Adam Wingard uh, apparently maybe not involved anymore probably not um, Jason Blum updated said we haven't landed on an approach or a filmmaker we thought we had a filmmaker and approach and we don't we're talking to a handful of people about it all of them have different ideas I don't believe in coming up with an idea and telling a filmmaker what to do. So we have three to five different people we're talking with and all of them have a different idea and we haven't landed as a group on what that'll be. So cool that they don't want to just shit out a sequel. They want to like let people come up with the cool one and then do That's it. That's what he told the press. Well, I don't know. But also he bought, he paid for a thing that he wants to get a return on his investment sometime this decade. Okay, fair enough. Well, think about it. Like yeah. he'll tell well, people, I'm, look. I'm not one to believe a You know producer. what he just said there? He just said... <laughs> We want to make sure we make a really great movie for the fans, which is like, yeah, we know you want that. Yeah, Yeah, but like, it doesn't change the fact they probably put down like several million dollars for the rights for it, and the rights only last so long. Yeah, they're going to put another several million into making the movie. At some point, he's just going to cut his losses and make something. 
Right. So anyway, John Carpenter being involved is exciting enough. I'm I'm, I'm hopeful. Sorta. Hope it doesn't suck. Uh, there's other two more things to talk about. Carpenter actually. had something to say about uh, Rob Zombie's. Movies. Oh my God! There's so much to talk about. Yeah, uh, John Carpenter shit on uh, Rob Zombie. He called his Halloween movies shit, I believe. Yep. And then he immediately came back out and said, because it became like a big viral story. Because Carpenter doesn't understand how the internet works. Still. Yeah. So he came out and said, "You guys, like, stop talking about this. We already hey, buried the just hatchet." Just playing, guys. I mean, Carpenter strikes me as a guy who only has negative things to say about everyone he's worked with. Well, this is what he said. Uh, Zombie in an interview said he lied about me. He said I was very cold to him when he told me I was he was going to make it. Yeah. Nothing could be further from the truth. I said, make it your own movie, man. This is yours now. Don't worry about me. I was incredibly supportive. Why that piece of shit lied, I don't know. I mean, come on. Carpenter, you, I've seen him in interviews. I've seen him around stuff. He only seems cold. Yeah. That he does not seem very personable. And then him. once that went viral, he tweeted, to everyone fascinated with the feud, old news. We spoke on Sunday. Buried the hatchet. Let's move on. Yeah, he told right. that to a group of film students or something. It's really funny. Uh, anyway, two more things to talk about quickly. Go. Jordan Peele, horror movie. Oh, yeah. Get out. That looks good as hell. So That looks so Jordan good. Jordan Peele of Key and Peele, um, which that show has showed showcased their skills in a lot of ways to show like yeah. these guys can get like it, their, their sketches that make fun of horror movies like look like horror movies. Like they, they really get the yeah. feel and vibe. Definitely. Uh, but the trailer for Get Out is great. Looks it good. It doesn't look like a typical horror movie at all. It like it's a it's a racial based film. Yeah, like it looks a, like it deals yeah. with race issues. Like it's about he says it's his horror movie about being black in America. Mm. Um, it looks great, and I can't fucking wait. That yeah, comes out it looks in February. Very, very excited. And then we also just watched a trailer for Monster, the oh, Monster. It looks really good too. Uh, starring Zoe Kazan, who is yeah. dating Paul Dano, and they're seen around Brooklyn all the time. They live in Brooklyn. Yeah, uh, I saw they were at a, the Wolfpack concert. Paul Brooklyn Dano Ball. literally looks like everyone who walks around this neighborhood. Yeah, I know. It's hard. I could have <laughs> walked past him a thousand times and been like, oh, who cares? Look at this scrawny piece of shit. It's probably what I said in my mind. <laughs> yeah, Look at so this his, little piece his girl of shit. Is in a movie directed and written by the guy who did The Strangers, mm-hmm. and it's called The Monster. And the trailer's out. It looks like it looks awesome. They're like car breaks down and. It seems there's a monster maybe hiding under there and killing the people trying to help them, mm-hmm. and it looks really intense. Reminded me, the trailer reminded me a little bit of In Fear, which is a yes. good movie on Netflix. I think great movie, terrible ending. Mm. Hated, I remember, hated how it ended. I remember being like 80 minutes and hated the satisfying. twist. Hated the twist. Let us know what you thought of the twist. In, middle in, in things Fear. to that twist. Other than middle that movie. middle things. Oh, uh, the John Wick two trailer came out yesterday, which is dope. Uh, I think that's enough news. All right, what did you watch? What did you watch? What did you watch? One year anniversary of what we watched. A year ago this week, we recorded our first episode. And what did you watch was the title that we gave it in the last second when we had to do it. And it stuck for a year. Isn't that funny? Same with bits and pieces. This format was literally something we came up on the spot and we feel the need to stay tied to it. What did you watch? <laughs> you just explained everything I wanted to say, which oh. is that all that just Yeah, we do it this way just, just because just, like just, it's the first, how we did the first episode. <laughs> oh, God. Maybe we'll mix it up in the new year. Maybe. Uh, okay. Big, the biggest thing I saw, I finally saw Don't Breathe, and it's great. Joe saw Don't Breathe, It's great. Guys. Yeah, I be- believe the hype was really good. I enjoyed it. I thought it was well made, well acted, great story, simple yet effective. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Can we talk uh, about breathe. a few things about it? Will it be spoiler related? Maybe. Okay, well, whatever. It's been on for a it's while. Been on for you a while. Seen if it you haven't now. seen Don't Breathe, skip five minutes ahead. Um, <laughs> five minutes? Yeah, we're going to talk about it for a long time. They, uh, 
the scene where they get in the house by tricking the dog with like a with like a lack, like a, some sort of treat that like puts knocks him out and yeah. has some medicine in it. That's the same method they use in the Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah, they also did that in uh, something about Mary. Oh yeah, that's right. And a comedic just like a funny it. thing that like yeah. it's just an easy thing in the horror movie. Like, how are we gonna get this dog out of here? Uh, throw a treat at it. Yeah, it just it just was a little convenient for me. Okay. Uh, and then did you think? The 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 baster scene. Yeah, it was stupid. That Took was you out of it, right? A, uh, little, a little bit. bit. It seemed. Um, well, we can't do it without being spoilers. Just give people context who've seen it. If you haven't seen it, well, I don't think you know. They kind of hinted this in the trailer, so it's not that big of a surprise. Yeah. So the he's, guy he's holding someone down in his basement. Yes, and it becomes clearer and clearer, like why and what is happening. Yeah. But and that's okay in itself, I think. But then it just goes, it doesn't, the movie is so good otherwise that it's such a bummer that it goes down this weird, like rapey lane. It doesn't even, because, because the gist of us, he's keeping her there long enough to get her pregnant with his new kid, with the kid, because uh, she's responsible for the death, death of his wife and daughter. Yes. So he is, and she didn't go to jail for it. And then he since has become a shut in for several reasons. One being that he's kidnapped this girl and it's, and why he, but the whole thing was like, why is, I mean, I feel bad saying this, but then. I understand him kidnapping her and keeping her hostage and being crazy because she killed his uh, wife and, and child and he lost his mind over it. But then they find he's like in like this like mini fridge, like a uh, a baster full of what is his cum. He's like, yeah, I'm trying to get her pregnant. It's like, well, okay, a couple things. Why is he not just like, you know, doing it the old fashioned way if you catch my drift? You're asking why he's not raping this woman. Yeah. And why he's... Based, turkey basting himself. Yeah, right like there. what is the point of that instead? I think they're trying to... His character was complex. I don't think they wanted you to think he was like this horrible monster of a guy. Like mm-hmm. there was a method to his madness, but that also was like why you. This guy has a woman trapped in yeah, his face. Yeah, like, like, like morality that. has like left the building. Yeah, so I I had a problem with that whole sequence. I just feel like then it and, just didn't need it. It yeah, was a good movie with like the, the sound design was scary. The girl or possible people that were responsible for. Is he sees the death of his wife and child, and just basically having them be like, "I'll do, whatever, I'm torturing them, or I'm going to kill them, or make them suffer for what they did to me," is more than enough reason for of a crazy thing to find. But yeah, the, the trying to get a pregnant turkey baster thing was and then so it, stupid. It basically culminates in her shoving the yeah, like makes, turkey yeah. baster in his mouth and her saying some snarky comment, yeah, like, 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 like eat your own cum or something. Eat your own cum, fucker. No, yeah, that's not what and that, so that whole thing was like that. But other than that, I mean, I, yeah, I think the movie was uh, great, especially for an indie horror film. Especially for a, a talent such as Fetty, Fetty, Fetty. Alvarez uh, making a very good movie and proving that when a filmmaker has some hype, uh, it's it's often. I mean, I think what happens now, the way the Hollywood is kind of working, and and, and Larry and, and and Glenn kind of uh, mentioned this, and how there's this like talent vortex in the industry where if anyone makes a movie, especially a director makes like a good indie film that instantly gets swept up in the Marvel universe or swept up yeah. in a superhero like universe, Ryan whatever. Kugler, who made yeah. Creed and now is making Black fucking Panther. It's and like, the guy and, and and Rain, Rain, Rain Johnson is making a Star Wars movie. Ryan Johnson. You know, Ryan Johnson, excuse me. Like how these, uh, the, the, the studio just set up like, oh, you did something really great. Now, uh, Gareth, who did uh, the raid, yeah. the Godzilla universe and shit. And, and, uh, and uh, although I didn't see it. Uh, uh, two different people. Oh, sorry. The Gareth guys. Oh, it's so good. Gareth Evans, I want to say, yes, Gareth Evans is the raid. Gareth Edwards is, uh, he did Monsters, that indie movie. The same thing. Oh, though. I hated that. He, yeah, he did that it. and then he got Godzilla. He did a Star Wars movie. I thought he was uh, doing a Star yeah, Wars movie. Yeah, he did uh, Rogue One, right? Yeah, he's yeah. doing this the, the next one. 
And also um, Joy, Jordan Voight Roberts. Yeah, who did he's in Skull the Island. Kings of Summer. Which was then, I'm sure was a good movie. It was pretty I think good. he's directed a couple of things, but he's doing Skull and he's, Island. He's like, done a lot of great TV stuff. And I hear that Skull Island is like most of these these big uh, universe films. You know, it's it's filmed by committee. And why wouldn't you do it? Why if you're a struggling filmmaker, why wouldn't you do a movie that's gonna be a huge blockbuster and make you like tons of money? Yeah. So that's a problem. The trailer so, for that movie looked pretty cool. Fetty has said in interviews that that definitely was offered to him or he was in the talks and he turned it down to make Don't Breathe. And I think it's inspiring for a guy to go, I made a good indie film or I made a good film, got me attention. And with that attention, I used it to make another great film as opposed to making a blockbuster movie that'll pay a lot. One for me, one for you. Yeah, yeah. No longer. Yeah. So, and then, so that's just, it's very inspiring and, and happy to see that that happened. Cool. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, see, that was about five minutes. Don't breathe. Yeah, good. So don't breathe is really good. Um, what else did you watch? Of the horror thing, let me open on like my phony phone because this format's important to the show. Um, watch the show Dead Set. Um, yeah, tell me about that. Uh, it was just okay. Some people recommended it as far as zombie related stuff. Big Brother, a show I do not watch, but it's huge in uh, uh, England or at least it's huge. I mean, it's, yeah, way bigger in England than it is here. When it was huge, yeah. this show was made. Uh, this series was made the idea is it's a big brother type show maybe it actually is big brother and you know it's a thing where they lock a bunch of people in the house and people vote them out or like everybody watching votes people out and blah 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 and then the studio that's kind of producing it like is like right outside the house and there is a zombie outbreak that pretty much kills obviously everyone wipes through it and then the house is like the last place uh that's where, where uh, zombies are trying to get in but can't and the characters and then she goes on I don't I just thought it was an interesting it's like a what five hour thing yeah it's really thing. short it's, it's like, like a mini series actually these eight episodes are all half an hour so you like four hours oh it's short it's easy to watch um, it's just fine it wasn't bad but it wasn't that great I didn't think like once you get past the premise it's a pretty by the numbers uh, zombie flick alright um, and the last well I mean uh, Steve Jobs fine the, 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 the yeah the, the, the it's on HBO Sorkin now. one yeah. I didn't like it better than the the other one Kutcher one I didn't see that one but that's, Steve Jobs like the 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 way it was framed which is such bullshit to me like the way it's like his three the biggest three, the three biggest things and like we're gonna tie in his personal life shit to that and it's just like it felt so faux to me like faux yeah and iconic and <laughs> also because i'd read his autobiography i read his biography not autobiography you a big read jobs it. guy no not really i just read the biography because i heard Dude it was loved good. acid um there's where's a, that movie where's like the steve jobs on acid movie? well first of all how about no steve jobs movies i don't <laughs> think he really warrants to be made a movie made about him I don't think, yeah. Let alone two. I don't think there's anything that he's really done. I would be. I mean, it make as much sense to make a Bill Gates movie to make a um, who's the guy at Amazon movie to make yeah make a the guys who started Google movie because it's well the Social Network was a good movie. It was fine. I mean, uh, I just thought it was okay. But it also was like why I guess I don't know. Yeah, I just don't think that it was necessary to make the movie. I feel that you need to know a lot about him to even understand the movie, which I don't like. I don't like when you watch a movie and think like, oh, I, 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 I was able to fill in the blanks because I know the story. Mm-hmm. Kind of who doesn't at this point because he was right. so like sensationalized. But in theory, if someone didn't know, they'd watch the movie and be like, I don't understand what's going on here. Like, you know what I mean? I just think yeah. completely pointless to make that movie. Yeah, I didn't like that movie. Joe Swanberg's Easy. First thing I've seen since I've left Chicago that's made me nostalgic for Chicago. Wow. It's excellent. And I like Swanberg stuff, especially his newer stuff that isn't like as lo-fi. This stuff definitely like is shot better and has more. Each episode has more of like a premise to it. Cool. Uh, definitely worth checking out. But it is like 
insider Chicago to the core. Speaking of Chicago, I, I watched the pilot of Exorcist. Oh yeah, I watched it too. It so, talk about yeah, it? We, oh, yeah. Well, you talked about it. What'd I you think? I think you said the same exact thing that I felt, which is that the horror elements were really cool. Yes. And then every time it wasn't a horror element, I was pretty bored. And it's also like, I mean, there's one shot where the, where the the main priest is wearing like a billy goat shirt. Yeah, yeah. Why? Yeah, that whole thing was You know, too many, too many shots of like them on the L. The obnoxious, like the obnoxious Chicago stuff. Where yeah. Chicago, the reason Swanberg did such a great job with this was he made these people realistically be living and what it's like to live in Logan Square or Andersonville. Basically the young part the brooklyn's of chicago now where it isn't like no one talks about the fucking cubs i think i saw one shot on the l and it was like for a couple seconds nobody talks about dicka or the bears you know they talk about the the, the, there's a lot of like it it weaves in and out of the the beer culture there without like hit it over the head there's one like through story that guys want to kind of start doing brewery but it's not like we're gonna make beer because chicago blush just like them starting that business is is bigger onto what the story is about but what makes it so great, and by the way, Swanberg knew exactly what haunts the shoot at well, like actual bars, actual places. They're actually part of, of real Chicago. But what I thought was so awesome was it also, and this is so specific to anyone who's lived in Chicago, it's geographically correct. In terms of, oh, you mentioned this before, like... Uh... Like, for instance, there's a part where they're at the Davis Theater in Lincoln Square, which he used to live by. And that it is currently under construction, and in it, a character is kind of overseeing the construction of it. So talking about it. Then afterwards, they go and get something to eat, and they actually go to a bar restaurant that's across the street from the theater. Interesting. There's These a thing, are the things that matter to Joe in a television series. No, but I think it matters <laughs> the details, the fact that, like, you know, it's frustrating to watch things when you know where it takes place, and you're like, those things aren't anywhere near each other. Yeah, those it just aren't takes even, you yeah, out of it. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think he, and a person who doesn't know this isn't going to notice, but for me, and I think a lot of Chicagoans seeing it, know exactly what it is. Yeah, come on in. No, no, no worries. worries. Uh, so I thought that, um, I thought that the, uh, just those little details of it and talking about like specific breweries and dark matter coffee and a lot of things in there. I was just happy that there was a, yeah, he I put mean, it in to watch it. Was it. Eight episode thing. Yeah. Eight episodes. It's great. And the one with Mark Maron's like really funny and good. And Ooh. It's just as a, it's a it's there's too much content series. now. I feel like I'm behind. I recommend checking it out. Is that it for you? I mean, why you want to talk about Ash versus evil dead uh, season two? Yeah, it was fine. I, I liked it a lot. It. Yeah, I liked it. I He's s- back. He's back, baby. It's just a it's a fun, goofy show that yeah. doesn't require a lot of brain power. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of wish it was. The pilot was just so good that the rest of the series has been. It's not like a letdown, like a big letdown, but it is. The pilot was so good, and I wish they were all Sam Raimi directed. But that's just like a. I think it. I think it dream. sustains its entertainment value. Yeah, I've been enjoying it. I think it's it's just fun to see something that gory on TV. Uh, the jokes are kind of cheap and corny a lot of the time, but like you they've laugh enca- in spite of themselves. They've encapsulated his corniness, though. Yeah. If you think of uh, it's Evil Dead Two with Army of Darkness Ash. Yeah. You know what I sure. mean? Sure. Because if you watch Evil Dead Two, maybe because he spends so much time by himself in that movie. Yeah. But he only says like a couple of smartass comments. I think he says you know groovy or yo. No, I'm in. Actually. I'm, I'm, uh, maybe he isn't I mean he does get some one-liners in Evil Dead 2 but then you watch Army of Darkness and Army of Darkness is like yeah they fight all the time this is awesome I know my There's cats like some cat fights going Army on Army of here. Darkness is like a comedy you know yeah what I mean? it is so straight it's, up so it's Army of Darkness one-liner uh, 
meathead ash and then like the gore of but the, in the gore yeah. of evil dead 2 where it's just like you know save the world from uh from the evil of the necronomicon i think you enjoyed a little more than i do the series yeah. i do enjoy and i'll keep know. watching it but i i wish it i don't know like i didn't feel like do you really know what's happening in the in the in the first episode i have an idea of season two it's just like these like weird creatures are around lucy lawless is they made a truce it came back the truce has been broken and yeah. he went back to his hometown. His hometown is Lee Majors is his dad. That was pretty funny. That's yeah. like perfect casting. I forget exactly why they went back to his hometown. He had to get something or, or, or find somebody or something. I forget what it was. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. But I, we don't pay attention. But I'm just smiling the whole time. It's a show. Yeah, it's, glad it, that's how I feel too, I guess. I, yeah. I do enjoy it. Um, I didn't watch that much. I watched some Fassenden movies. Fassenden. Last, whatever. No, I don't even know what it is anymore. <laughs> I watched The Last Winter, which is like his like global warming is destroying us conspiracy movie thing. Sure. Uh, it was cool. I liked it. It has a good cast. Connie Britton and Deron Perlman are in it. Mm. Um, and if you watched A Wendigo, is another one of his early movies. And like it's kind of the same, like the, the Wendigo character or the creature, whatever kind of is in this movie too but like it manifests itself in a different way like mm-hmm. via the environment rather than it, it's, it's it's interesting i like the last winter i like the way larry makes movies they're all like reek of ambiguity and just like what could it be like mm-hmm. who knows mm-hmm. and i like that the way he makes movies um i watched a few of his and then i watched paradise lost which if you haven't seen hbo go man they have all three of them oh do they yeah it's hbo yeah, it's hbo original so it's there um Paradise Lost is, you know, everyone's was all about making a murder. Everyone was all about serial. Everyone's all about the jinx. Mm-hmm. This, this true crime documentaries have been a thing for decades, uh, and Paradise Lost is one of the the best and most important ones. Yeah, it's up there with a thin blue line. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. So watch that. Everyone should watch Paradise Lost, if if not for yourself, for the anticipation of our episode with Joe Berlinger. Um, I watched it and I have a lot of thoughts on things that I'm going to save. And, uh, I wonder if the next two documentaries answer some of those things because it does imply like sort of who they think did it, but like, it's still not clear. And to this day, it's really not. So it's just interesting, a little time capsule to watch that movie now. Definitely. And that's really all I watched. You know what Besides, time? So is it time for the choo-choo train of Busain to come into the station? It sure is, Joe. Here we go, baby. Train to Busain. Uh, we... I, this was called our attention like a few weeks ago. Seems like it went from there's this movie to us seeing it yeah. pretty fast. Yeah, yeah. It was playing at Times Square still. It's still lingering yeah, it's there. Yeah, still out, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's this movie. I don't know if it's on VOD yet, but if not, if it's not now, it will be soon. Uh, it actually is so successful. It's like the biggest movie in Korea. And they've made, I think they're making an actual sequel. But before that, they did a animated prequel that just premiered at whatever festival just happened. That's and right. People yeah. Liked it. Um, Soul Station. Soul, Seal Sta- Soul Station. Yeah. yeah. And people like that too. So they're, they're making this whole zombie universe. South here. Korean zombie apocalypse horror film, as it's being described. Yeah. As. So why don't you take it away with what is this movie about? A. Work obsessed father, who's yes. divorced from his wife, yes. has a well. I say five, six, year, five or six yeah, year like old daughter. Yeah, like a young daughter. 
uh, he kind of forgot her birthday or got her the same. He got her PlayStation, which he got her last year. He got her a Wii. Yeah, and, well, it, and then yeah. the yeah the brutal it was a brutal shot of her her so revealing it, that he bought her that same exact gift a year. Yeah, ago. it opens with this guy who's just too busy and estranged from his uh, wife and wants to wants to do right by his daughter, but is just quote too, too busy, busy with work. And I like the way that they didn't beat you over like the way that they presented him as a shitty father was mm-hmm. smart like that that we shot thing yeah. was like i was like wow okay like i feel like i could have watched it without subtitles and still gotten what, and they made what a point happening. to be like his shittiness is the fact that he has got his priorities screwed up yes he's not shitty deadbeat he's not shitty abusive he's not shitty mean he's shitty like he's obsessed with like he probably wants to be a good father and he's letting his work and other things get in the way of that. This movie, by the way, is, is this, the, the symbology or uh, the subtext of this film is, a, is very basic, which I like. But yes. we'll get that in a second. Um, so they want to go to Busan. She wants to go to Busan to see her grandmother or to see the want to see a family member for her birthday. And he agrees to take her there. And he's got to like, you know basically miss a day of work or travel with her and actually spend time with her on this train ride. That should take like half a day to get there. He really didn't want to go to. He took yeah. a lot of convincing. Yeah, but he's like, fine, I'll take her and you know, just to like not be on his phone the whole time. And because he's trying really hard to not be on a phone, his phone and engage with his daughter while they're doing it, because her whole thing is like, please stop working and looking at your phone and please pay attention to me. Yeah. They get to the station, they get on the train, and what's beautiful about it is they don't notice fucking shit's popping off. Yeah, like... uh Right before the train takes off, this fucking guy just like sprints out of the train and looks like a homeless dude. Yeah, and he's just yeah, he's yeah. just freaking out. Yeah, yeah. And they find him in the bathroom, and they uh, and he knows something's up. He knows something's up, and he tells them like everyone's dead, everyone's dead. Like, yeah. This is all fucked up. The train leaves, and pretty much like we get hints as it's pulling the station, like something bad is starting to happen at that station right now. But they pull away. So an infected zombie got on the train and yes, then the zombie outbreak happens in the train happens in the middle of the train, causing people to split up to go either the front or the back. And he is separated from his daughter. Yes. And it's him and a couple characters. And they basically got to make their way through the train to get to the survivors at the top of the, the head of the train and walk through God knows how many cars of zombies. Great fucking premise. Brilliant. Yeah. And there's even things where they think they got to go to some stations. They start, They'll eventually end up at some stations that aren't as safe, and they got to figure out exactly where they're going and how they're going to do it. And there's a few things baked in here. So there's a first part of they got to get through a train just packed with zombies because he wants to get to his daughter. Yeah. Right? That's brilliant. The second is they eventually get to a station where they think they, where they think they hear, like, uh, I, get, I forget if they was calling someone, a friend, or they're getting over the, the speaker, like, oh, the one station you're heading to is safe. Get there. And they get off there, and they basically, like, get off the train and lock all the zombies in there. Yeah. And then they get to the station. Nuh-uh. Uh-uh. Not shit's, safe at all, guys. Popping off there, Not too. Not safe at all. So they get to get fucking back on, I forget if it's that train or a different train, and get the fuck out of there. I think it's the same train, but they try and, like, get cut back, off the parts. Yeah, get that, back on the zombie-infested right. train and get the fuck out of there. Yeah. And also as a part towards the end with the people who survived in the front, there's a few people who are like looking out for themselves, like fuck the survivors. Let's just cut the whole train. Other people are like, we got to help them. And like, there's a, the, the mean guy who kind of takes control. Yeah. It kind of turns into a little night of the living dead. where like the fucking asshole old guy businessman is like, fuck everybody. We survived. They didn't shut yeah. the thing. Like then people like, there's a lot of tense scenes where like they are about to leave and like other the morality of who to them. save and who, who right. left behind and, right. and the fallout of if they try to leave people behind who actually do catch up with them. It's just it has like a little bits of the best parts of zombie movies like sprinkled yes, throughout. And it. it sounds like it's, you know, familiar and thus might be boring, but it's not for a lot of reasons. So it's it actually had a fresh feel to it. Yeah, it did. And particularly what I liked, I loved the way the zombies moved. 
They're so yeah. like they're fast and like just like bendy and like and almost like like in the sense of like whatever is driving them to move doesn't even like give a shit about how joints work. No, yeah. Like they're like the fall down, they get up and they basically like the body's going after, but like they're crackling and crunching. Yeah, like their bo- their bones are always crackling. Yeah, like like yeah. The, the, like the force causing them to do whatever they're doing. It's like strong. Doesn't even give a shit about how bones and uh, and muscles work. Yeah, and it did some really brilliant things with like. Uh, what the zombie like their their weakness? I yeah, guess the zombie call rule. It. Let's actually talk about that. Yeah. The, the zombie rules in this. The zombie rules are, are um, good. So we do have the fast moving zombies. They're fast moving, but they're still definitely the, the the get them in the head and they're dead zombies. Yep. But one thing that they added that I hadn't seen before is the zombies. When it's dark, they almost become like they're like blind, incapacitated. Like you can yeah. walk right by. They're definitely, there's still sensitive hearing. Yeah, like if you were to kick something while you while it was dark, they'll go they after, would, but they, they don't know. Go to, go to the noise, but like, so it's beautiful about it is the train. Yeah, and they go through a lot of like uh, tunnels. tunnels. Yeah, and there's this part where they're getting through where they realize this, and they have like the map with their phones to see when tunnels are coming and for how long. Yeah, so trying to get through carts in the dark where they could barely see, but the zombies are like they're looking like tossing around, a like, suitcase in the back so they would go chase it. Like they're almost blind people, like almost like throwing things to get the, the herd to move. Yeah, but it's under the clock because if any light comes in, they'll like instantly see them and go after them. Yeah, the second the light comes back, it's like really intense. And yeah, just start being and, and they're like super. So it's it's this interesting. Um, like weakness that Mechanics. they have to kind of yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's really smart I don't think I've ever seen them before have you no where it, they can't see we definitely no. know where they can't smell you and they can't and it was just yeah that's a brilliant way to keep uh, tension going yeah it was great throughout. a nice little game that's played throughout like most of the movie which I liked yeah I also <laughs> there's a lot of scenes of like there's so many zombies that just pile up and like break yes, through shit there's yeah the thing where there's so many people zombies all going towards the same thing where they were like and be piling up. Like, you, I haven't seen this since, like, um, what was it World War Z? Remember that? Yeah, like, it was, like, that level of, like, just, like... I didn't like that movie. No, I didn't like it the either. the pile was cool. And <laughs> the, I did, the marketing was cool. I did think that in this movie, the, those pile special effects, a little fake. Yeah. A little CGI'd, but, I mean, I totally, forgave it. But there's, Totally cgi I mean, there's so many parts where, like, they're, like hold them at bay and you just see them piling and piling you see like the glass like starting to break and they pour through like almost like, and just like liquid up. and then get yeah. up and start. it's really it's, it's really cool. crazy yeah uh, did you think there's one scene that's like I think it's on the news footage or something where you see drombie, zombies dropping from helicopters because I thought the implication yeah, 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 there was that yeah, yeah. the government was doing this. Like I think I remember them falling. I took it more like they were in the thing and they became zombies and fell out like a plane. I and took stuff. that. That's one thing. I think maybe which maybe this the sequel talks about or maybe yeah. I'm full of shit. I thought maybe it was like the idea is like yeah the government knew about this and was like doing this to their citizens for yeah. some reason, just tossing them out of helicopters and bestowing them on the people. But I don't know. I don't think it really ever got to that. I, I remember writing it down and thinking like, ooh, is that what's happening? And I don't think they got there. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. Um, I thought that this is definitely definitely like a VOD. Got to see. I mean, yeah. I think like the only issue this movie is really going to have is the fact that it's a zombie movie, and it's in Korean that will turn people off. But I can't think of anything at least zombie related that's come out this year that's been this good or like the past couple of years. Like when was the last like really well, good you love zombie the thing? Walking the Walking Dead. I think that's just like a completely different thing. Like it's like yeah. it, you can't even compare the two. Um, but as far as like how many like it seems like a zombie movie comes out every month that people are just like, you know, who, oh, who cares? Yeah, zombies. Because yeah. with this, 
It's so funny. So I, I met with a buddy. We were just talking about. He just finished shooting a movie, and we're talking about you know producing stuff in general. And we got on the, we got on the topic of premise and how a lot of people they end a premise when they want to make a movie or, or they want to make like a sketch show or a one man show. Yeah. You hear the premise and you're like, oh, that sounds good. But he had said, and I and I do agree with this. It's like, yeah, good premise, but who gives a shit? Like even if you have a good premise, you need to actually make a good movie like good with, story with good story, good, good characters. Yeah. Like that, that premise is like the one percent of like what makes something great. And with zombie movies especially, when the zombie thing kind of happened, the zombie premise has been done to death, where yeah. there is a zombie movie that comes out on Netflix, I'm sure, in a theater or, or made for no money, probably every month. And it's a different zombie at, at a soccer game, zombies at uh, in this part of the city, zombies at this thing. Like So the I, you look at this and you think, like, yeah, trained zombies, like, who cares? Like I want to like, call attention to this movie to say, like, this is actually a great movie. The premise of zombies on a train, that could be a terrible movie. That's not like so original. Yeah. But it's just really good, like really well made. I mean, you you see this father, like it almost has that like, it has a very straightforward yet well made hero's journey of here's a man with his priorities screwed up who wants to do right by his daughter. And at the beginning is like, how the fuck am I going to save this relationship I have with my only daughter? And in an effort to now actually save her, uh, protect her as a father should, he just sheds everything from his phone to his suit jacket to all the other bullshit that he was kind of worried about. There's a lot of like him calling. I think they were, were going to meet his mother. Yeah. And he keeps calling you her. Can, there's a scene where he's on the phone with her and you, you hear, hear her, her zombifying. Yeah, yeah. And like, it's you know, fucking You just intense. see every element of what he thought was important shed away. So at the end you have this man who's, whole, who's running through the streets of, or the, the Busan station where they end up clutching his daughter, like with like, and then they yeah, end- no, you're right about that. The premise being like one part of a, of a whole, but you watch because, the thing like, yeah. like it's just like, it is a core fundamental story of a man, a hero's journey to find out what's important in protecting his child. You see in, in movies all the time. It's not like a, a, an original premise. It's just, no, it's, it's just so well, well made. Yeah, yeah. It's done very well. So I definitely want, I want this movie to, you know, to rise above all the other zombie shit well, movies that broke, come out. It broke tons of records in South Korea. Good. And I think it's still their highest grossing thing. It's just uh, like, it's, box office, yeah, 99 million. Yeah, it's like crushing the box office there. And it came out a long time ago there. I think it's like a year Released, old. Um, no, May 13th. May 13th at Cannes. Mm. And then the 20th of July in South Korea. And the 22nd yeah, of July. Yeah, it was the biggest movie this summer. And I think maybe it is one of the biggest ever there. If I remember reading that correctly. Maybe I'm wrong. It became the highest grossing Korean film of all time yeah, in boom. Malaysia, 4.8 million, Hong Kong, 8.5 million, and Singapore, 3.1 million. Interesting. It's great. And what this is what fucking. Uh, it should have got a wider release here. Korea. In America. Here's why everyone's like, oh man, like uh, all these are Korean horror films or Japanese horror films, like they're so much better. Like, oh, because. The, the good ones break through. You know why? But the good ones, you always go and see them. And you could look at all the best J horror, all the best Korean horror. These stories are not new. No. They take almost like a played out premise and like elevate it to like excellence. I mean, I was talking about, uh, oh, The Host is on that list that I, Great I talked about. Movie. Amazing. You know, The Host is like. It's a monster movie. It's, it's kind of like Jaws. Yeah. Again, where yeah. you, if it, you look at the premise of the movie and you're like, oh, this is not an original premise at all. I mean, the monster's kind of original and they've never done it in Korea. But besides that, you're like, this is a pretty straightforward movie about a fa- like a, a group of people. That's like, another one where it's like the daughter of a going Yeah, going into certain doom and kind of like shedding the bullshit of their current existence to save someone at all costs. And, and like the selfless journey to save your child. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a good subgenre. 
it's just it's just refreshing to see that like I don't know why Korea and Japan are doing this and we're not doing this in America in America there's a zombie and monster movie that comes out all the time and it's always like once they get the premise and the poster it's like they're done these things come out and they're terrible yeah there's a World War Z sequel coming out I mean my fingers are crossed for monster but my expectations are high just because it's like they already got their poster they already got the the, you know what I mean like why it's A24 which I want to give them props because they Mm -hmm. don't really they haven't made a bad movie besides Tusk (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's right. We're going to see Yoga Hosers. Oh, God. It's on VOD. No. If the only way I'm doing that is if we, like, Facebook Live it or something silly. And just I can do that. With that. I can fa- if we can figure out the tech, we can Facebook Live. We should do a Facebook Live. Oh, I want to say, like, a marathon of it. If we could do, like, people coming in and out to talk about the movie, but I don't know. Well, did you see what Gil, what is his name? Gil uh, Ozeri, he did the, the Entourage-a-thon where he did that. He had just live-streamed online every episode of Entourage from beginning to end with rotating comedians would show up and yeah that works and that works but it doesn't work we for a, an hour and a half movie no <laughs> plus that's like that's like funny in the sense of like Entourage was a huge hit show yeah and it's kind of like shouldn't take itself too seriously the only reason I don't want to do this thing with a Kevin Smith movie and shit on it is just because it's like of course it's bad yeah. and I, at this point I think he's trying so hard I feel kind of bad for him yeah I do feel bad for him I just don't think live streaming things, and talking shit about this him thing is like his statement on film criticism apparently nah no, I'm not interested yeah I mean I do want to see it just to see what it's like but you yeah you seem really in- hell bent on watching this movie <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I just I feel for him I feel for him um, anyway Train to Busan Busan I, I, I mean I think it's one of the best of the year yeah, I think it it's great. kind of depending on how the rest of your shakes out. It's definitely my top five. I really enjoyed I think it. I think, I think it's, it's up there like, with Green Room. I think it's up there with um, nice. uh, Don't Breathe. I think it's up there. I just with, finally uh, bought Green Room this weekend. Nice. I didn't have a copy. What even else? Has my come name's this, on it. What else has come out this year that we've been really hyped about? Um, not a lot. I feel like there's not a lot of new stuff like Southbound. Which, which count is this year? No, I think Witch was last year, right? Wasn't the Witch 2015? I think I saw it this year. The Witch is 2015. Conjuring but, yeah. Two, Hush. Yeah, those are both good. You know, you you didn't like the boy, the one with the. With <laughs> I I like the boy. I said the best of. While I just acknowledging it was fine. that it's like dumb, I, yeah. I enjoyed it. I, good the, dumb the movie. The twist is really stupid and funny. Good uh, good date horror movie. Yeah, totally. Uh, I haven't seen The Shallows. What do you think? You liked a lot, right? I like The Shallows a lot. Um, I'm just like looking up. Yeah, there's not that like nothing that stands out as much as Train. Yeah, it's really. gonna be tough for this year. I have not seen Viral yet. Uh, is that out? Viral? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know this one. This is... Uh, uh, this is... Uh, didn't this come on? I don't know what it that is. It in February. It looks shitty. Yeah, it's probably bad. I don't you think just Googled th- horror movies this Yeah, best year. of... Yeah, um, the Darkness wasn't very good. They're, yeah, Phantasm. Oh, did Leatherface come out? No. Not yet. It's uh, come, It just got an R rating. The Eyes of My Mother looks cool. It's playing. Remember, I sent you a something about yes, that yes, playing yes, at Nighthawk. Yes, 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 yes. Not a lot of horror this year that's like memorable. We'll have to uh, really dig deep. It's a lot, I haven't seen a lot of the stuff. Holidays so was so they awful. Uh, the Veil, which was done by Ben Garant, his Blumhouse picks, Blumhouse Tilt film, uh, did not care that much for it. I keep seeing all this stuff about Anti-Birth, but it looks like something I'm not gonna like. But I think I kind of want to check it out. Anti-Birth. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't think so. Here's the poster. You know who's in it? Is in a Natasha. Uh, uh, Leon? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, from what I understand, she's like a party girl who's kind of like lost her way and she gets pregnant one night. And then she has reason to believe that she is pregnant with potentially a, a, a demon. A, a demon baby. But it's a little more like tongue in cheek. Like, if you look at how it 
how it looks. I think I played at IFC and I didn't go. Yeah, like like this kind of like um, it's that type of um, oversaturated, overcolorful kind of horror that just turn kind of turns me off. And it looks like it's like trying to be a little bit like look how like um don't watch gross me and out Demon, there this is supposed to be. Ben. Yeah. Um, what's the thing that uh, the, what's that movie that's supposed to be like super disgusting? The Greasy Strangler. Oh yeah. I have friends who saw it and liked it, and I have friends who saw it and said it's the worst movie I've ever seen. So. I think it's one of those kind of like... It's one of those like it's, Harmony Corinne style. Yeah, it's an homage to John Waters of being like trying to be as offensive as possible. Yeah. And to be as out there So as I'm not really into those type of things. Yeah, those movies are hard to watch. You kind of feel like, yeah, I get it. I mean, Rings... And then like The Alchemist Cookbook, like the new Joel... What is that? The Joel Poitras. He did this movie called Buzzard last year, which I, oh, I like shit that. all over. I mean, I thought it... I hated that movie. I liked it in the sense of like... Uh, a it's like an anti movie. movie. I thought, I, like, you know, it honestly, was trying. I when I saw it, I was with seven people in the theater, and they all walked out. I would, I like the fact that it was mark. so cheap. I look at that being like, oh, well, because well, no- nothing happened. You sit in bed and eat spaghetti for ten minutes. If that's a shot, and I was, I was like, fuck this movie. But it's like the fact that I was like, okay, well, I know at least I can make a movie like this. Yeah, totally. Which is refreshing to be like, okay, cool. But so the whole point of it to me, it was just like, the whole point of it was like, hey, look at this movie that you're watching. That's clearly not a good movie, and it's like, I don't have time. So for he this. made this Alchemist cookbook. Yeah, it's new and. Like my friend who loved Buzzard loved this one even more. Oh, Rings isn't coming out this year, so we can't even see that. Yeah, Rings got delayed. Thirty One is probably the worst movie of the year. What do you think of Conjuring Two? Really, very good. Uh, as good as the first one? Yeah, solid. If I, I think I, what I said about it is like James Wan is so good at making these movies now that like his like attention to detail is almost distracting. Like the, the mm. shots are like. It's just like they're so. It's so. I don't even want to call it well shot. It's just show purposefully shot like everything every shot ha- is feels like it was storyboarded you know I interesting know. it's it's good it's a good movie okay if you like horror i do actually do okay you? so train to be saying um watch it i, I don't know how you can yet uh if it's playing near you go if it's yes. not it'll be on dvd soon and you it'll should be, check it out you'll be very happy with it yeah i'm gonna, I'm gonna put our uh, stamp of approval on there new flesh stamp new, of approval new flesh stamp of approval all right, well, damn, dog, that's an hour and a half. Ugh, the Jesus, books. no one's listening to this. Why not? I don't know. Who does? Apparently, a thousand people. Yeah. Oh boy. Thanks, guys. Uh, Rate and review the show on iTunes. We're still doing the contest with the one-word reviews. There's like a handful of them. We want to wait till there's at least ten or fifteen before we name so a winner. One so word one reviews. word review on on uh, on iTunes, and of course, you know, five stars. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's it for the New Flesh Podcast. My name is Joe Avella, at Joe Avella. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, my name is Brett Arnold, at Brett Redacted on Twitter. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with something I don't know what. Do you have any plans for uh, next week? Well, either it'll be the Berlinger will be a part of next week's, or if it goes for long, that just will, I'll just release it, and that'll be it. So you're going to talk to him on the phone at what time? When? Next, uh, this Thursday at like 11 in the morning. Okay. You think that could like be a whole episode? Yeah, hopefully. Great. Maybe not though. We'll see. Uh, then we can still record on Saturday because um, I'm Get going ahead. to be, I'm going to be gone from the 27th to the 14th. Yeah, I'm going to have some guests on during that time. Cool. It'll be fun. Better excuse to find some guests. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Happy one year anniversary to us, and I hope the next year is even better, buddy. Woo. Thank you. Goodbye. Hey,